right. Hey, Rising Leaders. Hey. <laughs> I hope you all are doing well. Today, I have my amazing co-host, Marilyn, here with me for a conversation with our guest speaker, Greg Hawks. Today, we're going to talk all about confidence in networking. Uh, but before we dive into the conversation, I would love to just do a quick pulse check. Um, how are y'all doing today? I can always pick up and talk. That's kind of my specialty. Uh, but I think anyone in the HR world today would all be in alignment saying it is ever evolving and consistently overwhelming. <laughs> we are still in a completely unprecedented time. Um, so I'd encourage every rising leader who's listening to this to take a deep breath and understand that we are all in this together, no matter which company we are working for, where our allegiances lie. We are all trying to find talent. We are all getting asked all of the questions in the world and feel that weight of the world and pressure. So just take a deep breath. I would say, uh, to all my rising leaders, Marilyn, your world must be crazy for recruiting some because it is just a just ridiculous how the how society is working right at the moment. My world, you know, I come from it working with the C-suite leaders, the organizational leaders, and so they're just like, "Oh my goodness, where are the what are the people doing?" It's such a unique time in the work world. But other than the craziness of work, I'm doing pretty fantastic. I'm liking being alive. It's beautiful weather. Yes. I've been out running, mountain biking, like this, I was like looking at going camping. This is a perfect season of life. So if you are stressing out, go into the great outdoors, get you some serenity in there, go for a walk and get some peace in your life through some nature aspects. Yes. That's what I would yes, recommend. Yes, and I agree with you, Greg. And Marilyn, I'm sure your sentiments are the same. It was so crazy hot last week. And so over the weekend, we were actually able to see the seasons change quite a bit. And so I am enjoying the weather for sure. So make sure you get outside um, and at least watch the leaves fall from the trees. Well, Greg, we love the energy today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And so I'd love to go ahead and just kick off the conversation. Um, and so... We are super curious okay. to just learn a little bit about you and he to hear about your career. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, oh my goodness. Okay, so we're talking to young leaders, aspiring leaders, rising leaders. Rise up and lead. Um, I, have, I am an older man these days. I'm a solid 51, so I've been in the workforce for 30-some years, and I've had a couple different seasons. What's an what's that? An unsolid, the sh shaky, unstable, still more child than man in their man-child aspirations. So the you know questionable decisions still that kind of thing. That's a I'm a so that's an unsolid fifty-one who you're still like I don't know if they know they're an adult yet. So I'm a solid fifty-one. We're mostly we're mostly I know the choices I'm making are decent. All that to say, I've had a couple different career paths and this last season, because everything is a season for young leaders, particularly understanding whatever season you're in, it will change. And so the last decade, I started this business, Hawks Agency, in 2009. I'd been the executive director of a faith-based teen organization the prior decade before that. So then I shifted over to the marketplace and took all the leadership principles, working with volunteers, 
um, that we took into the business world. And so for the last, since 2009, I've been doing that in different capacities. The first part of it, like 2009 through 12, 13, I did like trainings and I was worked with other companies and they kind of outsourced me and used me in that way. Then in 2014, and that's when I got into the HR space because I was working in organizational culture. So I was doing consulting, which I still do around values, being really intentional about your culture. And then in 2014, my first website came on where I'm like, all right, I'm keynote speaking and taking these and using that platform to do like company events, association events um, and gatherings like that. And so that's what I've been doing the last seven years plus of just keynoting. And then with consulting, I still do work around organizational culture, this really shaping values. You know, our whole mission is shaping environments where everyone gets to contribute their best daily. So that's what we're doing on a regular basis, whether through keynotes. And then this last season, because of the pandemic, we shifted because the world shifted to producing virtual conferences. So I've got a little studio. And so over the last year, I produced several HR conferences that they had to shift to virtual. So I take my studio and I go on site and then I am the host and then all the speakers. And so we work with the speakers and creating all that, just everything online. And so, well, and as you know, as in Atlanta, I got the virtual MC just a couple weeks we ago. So I didn't produce that one, but I just emceed it and had a blast. So that's a very short synopsis of what I've been doing with my life the last few decades. It's so exciting to hear yeah. about your experience this far and the level of impact that you've been able to make um, across the across the world and across businesses and across leaders of varying levels. And so super mm-hmm. excited to, to learn from you today. We're all working on developing our skill stack, right? We want to have really strong soft skills. um, And then we also want to start to think about those more concrete in the bodies of competencies and knowledge skills that SHRM set aside for us to kind of mature into. And so, yeah, today we're looking forward to learning a little bit about confidence and networking, uh, which are two Mm, of the, I I would say, HR essentials um, as far as soft skills are concerned. Interesting. Well, I, you know, I, I deal with confidence, you know, whether it's in authority or in each of us. Like, you know, I, I work with people in particularly with young leaders and leaders in how they themselves are confident and where they can grow in confidence, which then is something that they can give to others. So, you know, the, the basic premise that we don't talk about in the workplace, even now, even as people become very open and transparent and everybody's like how you doing and trying to get you know develop a deeper thicker trust between uh, colleagues is that everybody has these insecurities that are raging in their life and they are typically particularly for young leaders the the voice of insecurity that just says you're not enough you're not smart enough you don't have enough experience you're not from the right school you you don't have the right relationships and so that's kind of the mantra of insecurity and so i'm i'm on a mission to plague to to extract insecurities from people's lives cuz i was just in the plague that's how i think of it it's the plague of the human soul and so you know like j- generally like jasmine we went down here and go like jasmine what where are, what are your deepest insecurities what are they? Just tell them to me. Like, that's not something that people are really willing to share. You're like, hold up. I didn't know we were doing therapy right now. Right. Well, we're not, but it, but it's true in everyone's life that 
we have them. And, and here's why insecurity is really dastardly because it attaches to our weaknesses. What you'll find is where you have your insecurities, they're in a place where you already know you suck. So it's like, I, I suck at this skill. I'm not good at this. And then insecurity goes, ooh, I'm going to attach to that. And then insecurity, because he's mean, says, I'm going to magnify that area of suckage in your life where we both know you really do suck. We're going to magnify that thing and try to cause you to see your entire life through it. And so that, so that's it's just mean. And we all have insecurities at different levels and understanding that wherever we have those insecurities, we will not reach our potential. We will not fulfill our destiny. We will not achieve the purpose in our hearts because insecurities just won't let us because it, it rebukes us from attempting to reach beyond where we're currently at. And that's why confidence, so you need to understand about insecurities because confidence isn't just the opposite of insecurity. It's kind of the tool we use to extract it from our lives. And so here, so most people, so how this plays into the workplace is, you know, most people don't sit in a team meeting and say, um, you know, I'm hearing you say something, but my insecurities make it feel like you're attacking me. And so I'm going to be defensive. I'm going to kind of get an attitude. I'm going to get my feelings hurt because it feels like you're saying something about me and it's interpreted through that interpreting. It's an, I'm interpreting it through that. And so we just don't have those discussions at work. Like nobody just goes, hey, I think my insecurities are raging really loud today, so I'm misinterpreting everything being said here. The premise of confidence is you can be confident where you suck. You know, so it's because most people think, oh man, I have this insecurity and it's attached to this weakness. So if I make my weak, if I'm, if I don't have anxieties, then I can be confident. But like you're demonstrating, you can decouple the weak, the insecurity from the weakness because, you know, and people don't love it, but also love it because some anxiety, I wouldn't say is one of them, but there are areas in your life that you'll suck permanently. Like it's a permanent suckage in your life. It's like you have sucked, you do suck, you will suck. So it's not like you're going to get better at it. You're just, it's just not something in your, in your wheelhouse, in your personality, in your skill set. There's just things you're not going to be good at. And, And there's, there's a bunch of those things in our life, you know, and the ones that then show up in our professional careers, it's daunting because it feels like, ah, I need to get better at this, whether we delegate it or partner with somebody or, or try it there. So the idea of saying, okay, I'm still going to be able to suck. So there's like, I always say there's three ingredients of confidence, trust, humility, and belief. And what humility does, honestly, what you're modeling is this idea humility for me the definition of humility is acknowledge suckage so it's just that simple i'm acknowledging i have areas in my life that aren't what i would love them to be so i'm able to then i can approach everything through grace i can approach everything through an understanding for other people and myself because i uh, acknowledge i recognize myself but humility gives us the karaoke effect which is i assume you guys have been i don't know with the pandemic probably been a couple of years since you've been to a yeah, karaoke bar but when those when they get up there when they get up there and sing and they're bad and you're like, oh my gosh, doesn't anybody love them? Don't they have friends? You know, you're like, you're sitting out there and cringing for them. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, they're sober too. They're doing that and they're doing it very mindfully. And so it's this idea of they're platforming their suckage and reveling in it. Like they're up on a stage saying, look, I know I can't sing, but I'm going to get up here and do it anyhow because I can enjoy Letting everyone else know I can I don't sing well, but I can have fun with it, and that's what that's what the power of humility does. 
idea of humility, of being able to go, here's where I stink. Isn't that funny? I'm going to let everybody know this is a weakness. Most people, young and old, are like, ooh, I don't like this area in my life. Ooh, I wish I didn't suck here. Ooh, I wish I didn't have this deficiency in my life. And we try to hide it. We try to keep it down, particularly our professional careers. We're not just platforming and going, in this crazy, I can't work an Excel spreadsheet to save my life. Like, this is the most ridiculous thing ever. I just get, I get locked up when it comes to all those boxes, right? Like, it just, I just can't, people don't do that. They don't just openly, generally share their weakness and just laugh about it and go, okay, I've got to figure out what we're going to do because I'm never going to be good at this. And so that's a piece of confidence that, that's how we can be confident because you can, decouple the insecurity and go, I still stink at singing, but I can acknowledge it. I can share it. I can show people I know it and I can, right? That's what insecurity tries to do in all of our weaknesses. It tries to define us by that weakness. It tries to say, well, you have this deficiency in your life, so you're deficient. You have this weakness in your life, so you suck. Yeah. You know, you've got these areas that aren't what you'd like them to be, so you're not enough. Like, so those voices in our head when we, when those things show up, like they're just so daunting and mean. I hate insecurity. And so for confidence, being able to recognize first to have that humility. And that's really the differentiator between arrogance and confidence is that arrogant people have a lot of similar tendencies of um, a confident person, but they're, a re- they're re- they repel. Whereas people who are confident have a magnetic effect that we like being around them because when you have confidence and it has that piece of humility, it causes the people around you to feel more confident. Whereas when people are arrogant, it you feel more belittled by them intentionally or not um, because of how they act. Curious to know if you have any resources that you could share with our audience that have kind of helped you step into um, the most confident version of yourself, mm. whether it's a podcast or a book, or maybe you read an article, if anything comes Or to a, mind, mentor. a mentor. I think a lot of people in our program are very big on mentorship and anything that's been like words of wisdom mm-hmm. that's kind of been shared with you as well. Just different things that really impacted your ability to grow confidence in yourself. Yeah. And I would say, you know, the, the people who choose the HR profession, generally this our audience is listening, they have an internal standard of excellence that they themselves want to do that. And so when they can't, like I know that's a challenge that they have this internal conflict, like they, so they become perfectionist. Like you had mentioned, uh, Marilyn, a little bit controlling because within that control, it feels like then I can make everything just how I want it. And so, th- so it also then being mindful that those insecurities rage because it's like, I, I can't get everything done the way I want to get it done and things, you know, just to be on my control. So the book, the book that changed my life, and I'm actually literally rereading it right now and we're not videoing, but I could go grab it. It's the seven habits of highly effective okay. people okay, read it in 1992, yeah. literally read it in nine. Like I was 21, 22 years old when I read that book and it, and I've read it multiple times over the years and first things first and the eighth half, all the, all the things. I mean, I Covey is like in my heart. I love that dude. And, um, and really embraced those ideas of being proactive um, and begin with the end of my, like all the good habits that they are. And it really, like it was a hard book to read when I was 21 or 22 because I just didn't have a life experience mm-hmm. to attach it to. You know, like the, the older you go in life, the more you can read things and it, it has a right. point of context. 
Whereas when you're a young leader, sometimes you read things, you're like, I don't even know what this means. Like, cause I just haven't experienced enough of life or I haven't been in situations where this kind of thing was applicable. And so, but I, I still digested it. I mean, I got into my paradigm shifting excitement and, um, really started seeing myself different. And I started practicing being proactive. My personality has always been very um, outgoing and very optimistic. And, but I did, but I wasn't always, um, um, sure of myself in having hard conversations with people. When there was conflict, I would easily capitulate because I'm not really a people pleaser, but because my personality is so gregarious and friendly, it's like, oh, this doesn't feel like any fun. I'm just going to, you know, kind of diminish. I'm going to just back, like, whatever. If that's what you guys want to do, fine. You know, I'll just get on. It seems to be a bit of a, whereas that book really, and again, as a young man, it really helped me start leaning into conversations that I could, um, you know, listen, I could seek first to understand and then be understood. Like literally that principle, like, okay, I can listen. And then I, I need to express myself fully. And I practice that. Like I would literally like, I know I'm going to have a meeting with somebody. I'm reading my little book again and I'm going to go practice. Okay. I understand, understand. And it has some active listening elements to it then also standing my ground and saying, here's how I think about that. The piece on networking, on sh showing, whether it's showing up virtual or however, um, because it seriously, it, the networking I have done has changed the trajectory of my career, thankfully. Mm -hmm. And it, and again, it's, and it's been, it's, I've had exerted uh, pounds of confidence. I didn't know I had to do it. But I, so most people think of networking like, hey, we're going to do a networking meeting. We're all going to go, we're going to go, well, like in the old days, we're going to go in person. Or I'm sure your local Sherm chapters, we're having a network, monthly networking gathering and everybody's coming together. And even in the virtual world, when we first went pandemic mode and COVID crazy, it was like, hey, we're going to do HR happy hours. We're all going to get on and we're all going to drink and we're all going to look at each other on the screen. And, <laughs> and, and I think that's all fine and relational. But if you want to, if you want to benefit from networking, two things, you have to be very targeted. Mm. So in the sense that I found people in both the career I had previous to this one and this one who I said, you are on the same journey I'm on and you're further ahead. And I like the results you're getting. And I, when I'm older or when I'm, when I've progressed in this career path, I want to be like you. I want to be seeing the results like you. I want to see that. So I have inserted myself. So there's like when I got into the speaking business, there's a dude who makes gobs of money every time he speaks. And I'm like, that looks like a good idea. <laughs> um, and he's he lives in a different state. To, What's his name? doesn't know me at all. I'm not going to tell you his name because no. I can only tell you the story. Okay. So he's a, he's a great, great dude. Um, so... <laughs> Maybe when we go offline, I'll tell you his name. No, because um, we have a great relationship now. I reached out to him, said, hey, I'm in this thing, blah, blah, space. I want And he was going to come in. So I'm in Oklahoma City area. He was going to speak in Dallas. And I said, listen, Dallas is three hours. So I sent him an email. I said, listen, you're three hours from me. I want to drive down and take you to coffee, lunch, breakfast. I'll drive you to the airport, whatever you want me to do, whatever, wherever I can squeeze into your world. I would love to just get on your radar and ask you like three questions. Like I said, three, he's like, Oh man, sorry. I got family down there, whatever. Then literally I get on his calendar. I'm finding six months later, he's going to be in Stillwater, which is like 50 minutes up from me. You have to fly into Oklahoma city to go to Stillwater right through my mm -hmm. town. 
So I email him. I'm like, hey man, I see you're gonna be here. I'll drive you from the airport. Can I uh, see you before, during, after? He's like, uh, no man, I gotta, you know, I stay focused. I don't wanna get, I don't wanna have any conversations. I'm like, stank. Um, so then I was like, hey, so then I reached out to the people at OSU who I didn't know. And I said, hey, this guy's coming. And she kind of got the impression, I don't know if I gave it to her, that I knew him. I was like, hey, he's speaking at your event. Can I come to that event? And is it possible I could get in a green room before or after? Because it's very targeted. So now I like general networking also, but like this guy had something I wanted in his career path that I was like, that's where I want to be further along in my journey. So that the OSU people were like, sure, come on up and met a great uh became great friends with the training director there. Long story short, he was speaking uh, all day and had a lunch break. And so I went at lunch and she took me back to his room, like in the green room, he was by himself. And, um, and I did, I just had three questions and I knew how to capture his attention uh, and do that. So that, all that to say, that was one of my harder gets. Yeah. A lot of people I reach out to, they're like, hey, yeah, I'll get on a Zoom call with you. Back in the day, it would be like, hey, can I come take you to coffee? Right. Can I take you to lunch? Can I just be in your world? And I was much more targeted in the people that I networked with. Um, and and I, because it's kind of like, um, I turned them into mentors into my life, whether they wanted to be or not. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, you talked about people who have the mentoring. It's kind of like, it has to be like mentoring. You usually want somebody uh, you know, that wants to be your mentor. I'm like, I found people that are like, I want you to be my mentor and I want to be in your life and you don't know it yet, but your life is going to be better because I'm okay, in it. So that. I'm going to find a way to get into your life mm-hmm. and it's, I'm going to make it mutually beneficial. Okay. So first thing, targeting network, like in a singular view it is the best approach to network. And because we live in now, it's even easier because it's like, Hey, can I do it? There's no travel. The time for people is like, they don't have to make any effort. Like, can I Zoom with you and just talk with you? I've got like three things and, you know, I've got a strategy even with it. It's like, where do you find the connectivity um, so that they're they're willing to do that? So this guy that I was going after, he actually grew up in the same state I did. So when I first met him, I said, hey, let me tell you two things about myself that are similar to yours. And when I told him that, which of course he didn't know, he like invited me to sit down. Like it was a really interesting. And so when you're reaching out to people who are further along, you know, do your homework on them, find the things that connect you and that would give them an interest of going, oh, we're from the same area or yeah, we eat the same ice cream or we like the same shoes or, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, you know, alumni from the same Mm -hmm. school, like that's an easy one. Yeah, and so after you... But finding those nooks. And so so after you, I don't know, establish and initiate that first contact, what is your Mm -hmm. practice for maintaining that relationship? Because I feel like a lot of people are great at reaching out, getting that first virtual coffee on the calendar, and then it kind of just flattens out and you never hear from the person ever again. Oh, (laughs) yeah, that, 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 you have to have an objective. So like I have an objective. Mm -hmm. So like when you connect with somebody, so he made a lot of money. Like I had another person that had been, had a longevity in her career. And I was like, I think that's really amazing that you've been in this one job for so long. And I, I like that. Like that was appealing to me. And so I reached out to her. And so first note, the reason people fall off is because they they don't know what to do with the relationship after they've made it. So like that you have to for yourself go, what is it about that person that they have in their life that I want in my life? And I've told people that like, listen, you, you make a lot of money speaking. 
I want to figure out how to do that. Oh, you've been in one career for a long time. I, I want that in my life. And I want to figure out how to do that. And that's what I'm going to do. And so then, so this example of this speaker, when I met with him, it only took 15, 20 minutes. I said, hey, would you mind if I emailed with your business manager? He had a business manager that like did all the contracts, like did all the function of it. I knew she would be a much more accessible individual. He was like, that's fine. So then I emailed both of them. I said, hey, met with him. He said, I reached out to you. Here are some questions I have. She responded back. And then literally for the next year, every month, and then every other month, I would say, can I send you something? Can I buy you golf things? Like, is there anything? They're like, no, 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 we're good. I'm like, I'm just so grateful. And then I'd randomly ask a question. So I was like, how, how can I be a blessing to you? How can I like reciprocate? Because you've been really generous towards me. What can I do for you? And in that, then I'd also be like, hey, and also I have another challenge I'm facing right now. Could you help me with this? And so knowing knowing what you want from the relationship, putting it on your calendar, or when you make that initial contact, like then for the next three months easily, like it should be every three weeks, there's something that's an expression of gratitude or something that says, hey, you said this one thing to me. I was watching this show yeah. or I was listening to this podcast yeah. and it made me think of you. And so I just want to let you know, you're awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Like I'm benefiting a lot. Oh, and by the way, I had one other question. You know, so you layer in the gratitude, like sincerely. So it's not like a trick. It's like you, hopefully you're generally grateful that somebody that's further along is giving you time and attention. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, here's what I want from you. And then I want to do a whole lot more if I can be a blessing, you know, and I can be good for your life. How can I be generous to you? Awesome. I think, I think it's the obje objective, like knowing what you want from the person and being able to articulate it and then being thoughtful about how you communicate. Like once you initiate, once somebody says yes to the initial one, then you better be like, listen, can we do this again next month? Yeah. What, what, what would be appropriate? Like, can I, can I call you randomly? Like, can I ask you, do you have somebody that I could get more, like whatever you want from them? Mm -hmm. Like you're really great at, you know, wh whatever it is. Like that's, that's why networking, like when you do the general thing mm -hmm. is really not necessarily ineffective, but it's not necessarily a game changer in your career until you network and you go, okay, that's a person I want to be like. Then you get aggressive about, I'm just going to take the next three months and pursue that relationship. And I'm going to turn it into where they know who I am and we really create something yeah. here. I've literally done that at least 10 different times in my career path that I targeted an individual and I said, hey, I'm going to insert myself into your life, whether you want me to or not. Like I'm coming for you. So heads up. And, and then, yeah, and then I did. It's knowing what you need in your life that you just can't get on your own. Like, okay, I'm lacking this thing, or I just don't know. Like, I see somebody who's doing what I want to do. I don't know how they got there, and I can't yeah. learn it in a one 30-minute Zoom call. So I've got to be thoughtful about building a relationship that then I can, over yeah. time, Absolutely. extract that from them. Like, literally, it's like that. I'm trying to figure Absolutely. this thing out, so many and I want to get it from to you. to ask for help, right? We see that um, director of talent acquisition or that CHRO, and we're like... 
well, I wonder how they got there, or they, you know, spoke beautifully at this conference. Like, I want to emulate those same characteristics. Well, it's like, just reach out, right? Get some time on their calendar. Like, the worst thing that could happen is they can say, I'm sorry, I don't have time right now, or can we circle back to this later? But I really love what you said, Greg, about having clear objectives, knowing what you want. And then I really, really love the question um, that you mentioned is, and asking them is like, what would be appropriate? Like, for your schedule? Are you open to me following up in a month or once a quarter? Um, That way you aren't like bombarding them with questions and comments and ideas. Um, But it's kind of like, I don't know, like both parties are on the same page and benefiting from it equally. And so I really love that tidbit there. Thank you so much, Greg, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure meeting you and speaking with you. Um, And I know our rising leaders are going to benefit. Totally my pleasure. Thank you. Tremendous. The Hey Rising Leader podcast was brought to you by the Sherman Atlanta Rising Leaders. Sherman Atlanta is the premier professional community for those in human resources and people management. The Rising Leaders Group represents Atlanta's HR professionals under the age of 35 and provides members with professional development opportunities in a common forum to share ideas and experiences. If you would like to join our community, please visit the Sherman Atlanta website or follow us on our social platforms at Rising Leaders ATL on IG or Sherman Atlanta Rising Leaders on LinkedIn.